internet. I'm Matthew Derrigish, and today we are broadcasting once again with Shannon because Kane is out doing things, getting his life together. Shannon, thank you so much for coming on again and being willing to talk about our random Spider-Man comic. I love it. I'm excited to be here. All right. Um... (laughs) We decided with this being the final podcast of the year, we do something auspicious and reach back to a number of dates. It was Marvel's 25th anniversary for the 20th annual of Spider-Man in the year of 1986, which is just known as the greatest year of comics. And what would you know, but he's going to be fighting the Iron Man of 2020. All right. Are you excited, Shannon, to talk about this grand? Just super excited. (laughs) (laughs) This story is called Man of the Year. It was written by Fred Schiller and Ken McDonald. It was penciled by Mark Beecham, uh, inked by Bob Wyack, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by Jim Novick, and edited by James Owsley. So... I was all excited to talk about this because we have the Iron Man of 2020. We're looking down the barrel of, you know, 2020 ourselves, seeing if, you know, the technology matches, if everything works out. We flip the page and the first sentence is, welcome to the year 2015. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That threw you off, Shane, because it sure threw me off. I was momentarily confused. I thought maybe I... But you know what? It turns out that this uh, particular Iron Man is able to manipulate time. So he might be both the Iron Man of 2020 and 2015. I mean, I guess the Tony Stark that we're used to is Iron Man of 1960 through 2020 at this point as well. So, (laughs) But definitely a little bit of a goof there. (laughs) Yeah. What's also funny, too, is this Iron Man of 2020, I'm used to seeing him with kind of a very, like, geared and more, like, old-school mechanical look, and that's what set him apart when they draw him more recently, but here he's just kind of in a different Iron Man armor. I don't know, it didn't strike me as different. No, I think they, they put some stuff on the front, changed the, changed the mask a little bit, and, but otherwise it's pretty classic Iron Man look. Yeah, but uh, this is not Tony Stark. This is uh, Arno Stark. (laughs) And uh, I I guess uh, his big deal is he bought his uh, family's business and he's taking it over and he's doing the Iron Man thing. He's doing the Stark thing. He's just an Iron Man of a different time. Uh, Yeah, but what also sets him apart is instead of being a playboy on the run, he has a family that he's just not making time for. I don't know, did this hit you at all, or? Uh, It's definitely, I think, works thematically for the story. So what I got from it is that he's sort of trying to juggle a lot of responsibilities. And he's, because it's so many, he's not doing any of them very well. Yeah, and I mean, that sounds very Spider-Man, right? That's very in theme. It is. (laughs) It definitely is. Yeah, and then, I don't know, we spend some time with him and kind of get some of his backstory, but it just kind of leads up to our major plot point. Was there anything else in his backstory that grabbed you that you wanted to talk about? Um, he definitely has a sort of playfulness thing going on. He is, 
suit, you know, the boots are do the whole rocket thing, but also turn into roller skates and he's roller skating around. Like for someone who's managing a very big firm and has all these sort of things coming down on him, he seems to treat it all very lightly. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I uh, I think it's interesting how his family's like trying to gun him down basically and chase him. And then uh, the uh, the heads of the business are trying to, you know, find time to make time for him, too, because it seems like he's off doing the superhero thing more than anything else. That's what he's making time for, because he feels the responsibility to go out and do good. Well, I think between that and there is this conceit of the man of the year, the the title of the comic, where he wants to be uh, titled that, you know, they're they're looking into giving him that honor. So he wants to look good. Um, and that comes through in what he tends to prioritize in this moment, like how well he perform the company performs. And he's sort of putting things that aren't as in the spotlight, like his family off to the side, because it's not going to get him the recognition that he wants. Right. And I mean, that's there too. And I just, it's funny because as we go through the story, it feels kind of moot to me as we uh, carry forward. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, so ultimately there's this big threat on his area, the Stark building, and it's due to this one guy who I was a kid back when, because, you know, that's how people age. And so he's going back in time to try to do some time shift, you know, change this kid's destiny so that he doesn't go and try to blow up what Stark Tower, I guess it'd still be called. Well, I think it's the fact that they're doing weapons testing. So this is during the, I want to say in the late 80s, nuclear disarmament was a big deal. So this is sort of focusing on the military wanting Stark to develop uh, a nuclear weapon sort of under the table. And uh, this guy who's a terrorist, who's all for his anti-war pro-disarmament, he manages to get into the Stark uh, lab and arms the bomb. At the same time, uh, Stark's family, who uh, is demanding his time, comes to visit to find him and sort of make their point. Yeah, that they need more time with him. Although it's really just the mom because the kid's a baby at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. But the the kid is roughly the same age as uh what is the terrorist uh Robert Saunders roughly the same age as he is in the future when uh Stark has to use his time technology to try and save the world or his family really right um so with all that build up you know we spend fifteen pages basically building up getting to it and it's like this is a Spider Man annual when do we get to Spider Man <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a lot it's a lot of uh this particular writer is uh does a lot of exposition so it's a lot of reading and thought bubbles and stuff like that um but what happens is the the terrorist i guess he doesn't have any intention to actually blow up the the facility but in the process of escaping before he plans to disarm it he is killed and so the system is locked out and there's no way to disarm the bomb without being able to have a retinal scan of the guy who just died, of whom has no remains left. Uh, so uh, Stark is in kind of a pickle here. Right. So he's back in the past trying to get a retinal record, I guess would be the way to say it. 
Yeah, so he has like a little scanning device and what he wants to do is travel back in time because one of his technologies that doesn't seem to be related to him purchasing Stark technology is a time travel technology. And what's actually kind of interesting is this man who is busy juggling so many things and he doesn't have time for his family or any of that. He has a time machine. So it kind of gives him this license to think that he's a master of time. And as this issue plays out, it shows that even if you can manipulate time, that doesn't mean that time will let you manipulate it. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. When we blast to Spider-Man, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of interesting. We have this harsh cut. We're in uh, presumably 1986, so that raises questions about the rubber band timeline of Marvel. Mm-hmm. So um, we're here, and he's fighting the Blizzard, and it's just this quick little tete-a-tete have some Spider-Man action, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's a big tonal shift, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Peter's having a lot of fun doing his thing um, and trying to do his usual get enough money together to pay rent right um i think it's funny when he's taking him out he says snow cone man it really reminded me of a whole bunch of bit with uh there's a whole thing with marvel with people just kind of ripping on people with ice powers just because they're so ubiquitous oh yeah and it's the same so blizzard has the same moves as Iceman, and so you can see why he's how easily he's defeated because spider-man has fought or at least trained with Iceman at some point so he just does what works one of his amazing friends yes (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i mean yeah we get that whole bit and then we get parker going to the daily bugle (laughs) and um yeah he he runs into i don't know all the drama there and this kid is um apparently one of the is connected to the bugle lightly so he's hanging around the office this one time of course you know as per the story and so we get this weird connection of like oh this was the terrorist but now he's just a kid at the bugle i guess oh how times change right so he's like the stockholder's kid and the stockholder has business there so he's just hanging out bored i i kind of you they try they do a good job of setting up making the kid really likable like he's over there making fun of peter parker in a innocuous way but it's 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 cute right right um, then Jameson assigns Peter to go t- uh, take pictures of the Geneva con- peace talks for the Now magazine, and in there he has the best line: "This one's a cakewalk. The most that can happen is a terrorist attack or two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean, he's not kidding. Like every time he sends Peter on a Now magazine activity, it's uh, it's a bit rough." Mm-hmm. usually uh i think spider-man versus wolverine was a now magazine uh yeah uh, that issue. ended pretty poorly <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i like he just he just like says I, I don't have any great photographers so now i'm asking you to go do it so uh that sort of thing how he regards peter which is always uh backhanded as he should and then we kind of get this echo of the family issue where uh peter's getting ready to go on assignment he Swings on Mary Jane to kind of say, like, you know, I leave tomorrow. And Mary Jane's like, did you forget Aunt May's birthday's tomorrow? So, yeah, we, we have that kind of press for time, too busy to deal with 
everything going on. It's also very slapstick. Uh, all the interactions and everything up to this point. Like Peter is very not that you don't take him seriously, but I think they want to develop a high contrast for the the fight later. So he's very kind of goofy, very lighthearted, um, sort of impulsive and in the moment, which uh, leads to the next uh, hijinks he gets into trying to get out of his apartment without being seen. Yeah, he runs into those darn Candy and Randy sunbathing on the roof again. Gosh, what a <laughs> what a time where that was a problem. <laughs> I think he would gladly take those problems again. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> like a good day for him. <laughs> so he uh, he escapes his apartment by pretending to be Spider-Man and just walking through the hall and out the door. <laughs> which right. is concerning. But he happens to run into the kid from the Daily Bugle out in the hallway who identifies him as Spider-Man and asks him about Peter Parker. So I like I like the spider sense is just going off of him when he brings that up. Right. And uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because it's sort of like the spider sense is like, I told you so. Like, why are we doing this? You're being an idiot. I My, my claim that the spider sense is actually sentient and has a sense of humor. Well, yeah, the reason why it's a kind of danger moment is because the kid's saying all this right next to the landlady that he's trying to, you know, not have catch on to this whole deal. <laughs> Spider-Man basically drops the kid off at the Beagle because he's like, I don't know where your house is, I don't know where your school is, but I need to go. So um, he does that and then the kid is like literally immediately kidnapped it's two panels later on a geez one two three four five six seven eight nine panel page <laughs> yeah it's it's heavy and uh he's kidnapped by the blizzard again so the blizzard's back he's a little upset about the whole getting uh iced by spider-man and uh he wants a little bit of vengeance and he sees uh spider-man dropping the kid off and it's like okay well i can't get spider-man right now but i'll get the kid and then later i'll be able to get spider-man right and so immediately upon this happening there's a big thump on the roof and they figure oh it's spider-man coming back but no it's our future iron man who's looking for this bobby kid um and <laughs> he literally rips the van open apparently grabs the kid and flies off and the blizzard is just shouting hey come back with that kid <laughs> It's pretty surreal. <laughs> it is. It is. It's very. But you know what? I I don't know. What would you yell at that moment? Would you kind of like maybe that makes sense? Like I, I mean, I was hoping for a cold pun. You know, that was cold right. blooded oh, something. Like a good Mister Freeze thing going. He is not Mister Freeze. We we are making that clear right now. Blizzard is not Mister Freeze for legal reasons. <laughs> for many reasons. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then. Uh, I guess he just freeze blasts the future Iron Man and one blast sends his suit careening down, which makes me worry because if this is supposed to be future Iron Man, the suit's really uh, gone downhill. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Though uh, so they do make a point like Blizzard has uh, apparently tangled with Iron Man a few times and this is a prototype suit. So maybe he gets one shot in. Let's put it that way. So right as Iron Man's trying to take this retinal scan, you know, what the future is relying on, Spider-Man snags, snags the thing, and Iron Man immediately goes to try to blast him instead of talking any of this through. 
No, he's he's so and like immediately before this because there is Blizzard mm. and I can't tell with that panel. It seems like he kills Blizzard, like he just shot him. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's like when Batman throws someone off a roof. It's fine. Although <laughs> he's being very aggressive right off the top, so right. Well, he ain't got time for none of this jibba jabba. So I don't know. He goes to blast Spider-Man, there's some rubble, and Spider-Man goes to instinctively save the kid, because that's what he do. And then he drops this device that he doesn't care about, and it's destroyed, and Iron Man freaks out. <laughs> and now he's like, well, now I've got to take the boy with me, which to, uh, Spider-Man's like, well, now why is Iron Man trying to kidnap this kid? Because he still thinks this is just Iron Man, he doesn't understand that this is some future Iron Man. Right. Uh, so they have a whole a whole fight, a whole deal. Yeah, like a chase. It's a it's Spider-Man just staying one step ahead, just trying to evade and figure out what's going on. Um, I mean, the figuring out starts with probably half a joke, half serious. Hey, Bobby, you rob a bank or something. Uh, but it it's gradually getting more serious because there's no literally no talking. It is a whole bunch of thought bubbles. Right. And then as Spider-Man swing through one or buy one building, Iron Man blasts it where Bobby gets hit by a bunch of glass, gets cut pretty bad, and then Spider-Man gets mad. Yeah, like, because the kid's unconscious, he's, his face is messed up, and he, like, literally just is at the end of his, what, web line? There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So, you were pointing this out before, but Spider-Man basically leaps up and just clocks future iron man screaming you are nuts and then the the iron man auto ai box says malfunction malfunction impact pressure rated 9g times 3000 pounds over psi which i i spent some time (laughs) i spent some time trying to figure out exactly how hard that is and uh, i i have been unsuccessful yeah, I don't think that's a thing. I think they just wanted to put up some things that looked impressive. It doesn't really, I don't know. But yeah, they're in a construction site, just... Yeah, the good old construction site that needs demolishing, so he knocks them through a building. Just how you know it was a good hard hit. Right. Well, like, it's a construction site, but it always happens at construction sites, so you wonder if they're rebuilding after a last battle, and then just a new battle comes through. It's just the same site, so they know it's a good place <laughs> to knock someone. <laughs> They just rebuild it enough, because they know if they rebuild it too much, they'll go and fight someplace else. That sounds like a good safeguard. I like it. it Yeah, New York has just a few places like that where it's just the framework of a building and some bricks. Uh, Basically, the only words that Iron Man's able to get out through this thing is basically, you don't understand, there's so little time. And Spider-Man's going on about like how he's this Avenger and how he's a hypocrite because he's treating people like dirt and being mad because the kid did nothing to him and just wailing on him yeah and i like that he's like i you know i can't hurt you i can't beat you but maybe i can like make sense to you by you know beating you up or hitting you in the face or whatever he's doing and he's actually doing like a credible amount of damage because he's not holding anything back right and and 
Iron Man actually, Arno makes a, a point earlier that his suit is not set for any kind of nuance. It's everything is, you know, set to the max. So he can't do anything but blow things up to the worst degree. Uh, so he's kind of at a loss here. There's no way, unless he can get some words out, he either, he goes all the way out or he just gets his butt but, uh, butt beaten and he's just getting wrecked. Right. And then this ends prematurely because again, Arno says, wait, Spider-Man, you don't understand. And Spider-Man's like, I don't, I never will. And then the time shift's beginning and Arno's just screaming, I had more time and then he just disappears so spider-man's left with this he still doesn't know this is a different iron man so whether or not that's ever resolved who knows and <laughs> spider-man feels like he saved this kid but, but this poor kid's disfigured and so he's going to grow up angry with all this and then nothing changes and arno goes back to the future and everything's done blown up what that was interesting. Yeah, at first, I, it didn't make any sense. I had to reread it. But it's the fact that the nuclear device that he built was actually malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. So he got pulled back early because there was no point. Like, everything got blown up before. So he, it's like he never had a chance anyway, which I think is kind of a cop-out. I mean... Yeah. Like, yeah. it was all for naught. I mean, the whole time travel thing is a weird thing to put in for something like this anyways, so it's kind of however you want to write the meaning of that. But, I, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to think that, you know, Spider-Man's, you know, ultimately trying to do the better good, and he doesn't realize this, but it's hard to put any of this on Spider-Man because he's never given any moral dilemma, because Arno doesn't get anything out. He never tries to talk to him. This whole thing could have been avoided with, like, hey, you know, this kid grows up to be not the best guy. We're not trying to do anything. We're not trying to, you know, kill Hitler before something happened. I just need a scan of his eyes to stop a nuclear device going off. Bada-bing, bada-boom, it would have been handled. You know, Spider-Man's not going to put up a fight against a weird retinal scan, right? Yeah, it's a. but there's a point where when he's chasing him, when Arno's chasing him and shooting at him, Arno says that, you know, he asks what he wants with the kid. And he's like, I just need, like, just remains, just like tangible remains. And that's all I need. Like, he doesn't care that the kid's alive or dead. He just needs a piece of the kid. So that that's not helping him. Every word out of his mouth is like the absolute worst word. And I don't know if that's just a stark tradition, <laughs> but it's just the worst. So you're just like, could you pick something worse to say? I don't think you could. Yeah, I, I I don't know. To me, it's hard because this feels like I can see where this is trying to get to with kind of the talk of the time travel and the responsibility and the comparison between the two. But ultimately, I mean, from the character's perspective, Arno's trying to do this whole thing, but he's so terrible at it. And Spider-Man's just trying to save a kid from this crazed Iron Man who basically just snatched him from his perspective. And then... Well, uh, it was like what you were describing. Out. Yeah, well, when you were describing the the rubble before, the rubble was falling about to fall on the kid. Right. It's right. like that rubble would have killed the kid. Like Arno did not care, and I suppose you wouldn't necessarily care about someone who, in the future, will be a terrorist that sets off that arms a nuclear device within your facility and endangers your family. I mean, I guess, but I mean, if he's Iron Man, he's supposed to be a superhero and at least a hair better than that. At least reading the situation to get it dealt with. So, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know.
terrible, terrible communication skills. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's the greater lesson here is you have to learn to communicate. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a, a, a big problem with superheroes anyway. It really is. If you want to see them fight, they can't be communicating. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think a hundred plus issues of Marvel team up has you backed up there. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Do you have any final notes or thoughts about this before uh, we we look on? No, I think uh, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, I think we I think we poured through this and kind of dug as deep as this issue would kind of let us. So we're looking at the web of rankings and. I'm wondering how much of this you've read, but we have we have a couple annuals, but I'm looking at another annual. Speaking of Marvel Team Up, along with what we've been saying, was Marvel Team Up Annual Number One, The Lords of Light and Darkness, which was Spider-Man and the X-Men. Um not our strongest entry. It is number 58 out of 61 Oof. on the Web of Rankings. Oof. Uh, have you happened to have read that or anything around it? No, I don't know. It's so hard. I don't have read a lot of Marvel team up. I'll confess that. Oh, that's fair. I, I could read more myself, but it's uh, you, you got to pick your battles. Let's see here. Above Lords of Light and Darkness is Cosmic Carnage. Um, which I'm guessing you haven't read. And then it says um, Carnage in it, so that's a safe bet. Yeah. And then right below is the short Halloween. Oh, my my heart and joy right there. Uh, oh, oh, go on. I love the short Halloween. Oh, so, um, huh. <laughs> the, <laughs> You're like, awkward. <laughs> I mean, the short Halloween isn't the last entry on our list. <laughs> Makes me sad to see where it is. <laughs> I, I'm sh- Wait, you like? Why do you like the short Halloween? <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, okay. So uh, funny. Like how many concussions does Spider-Man get in that? It's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to think because I feel like this may have not been the strongest entry, but it was kind of fun, and there's a little, uh, there's a little more reasoning, and it, it was a tale put together. I, it, we're at a part of the list that's maybe. I would lower. put it in the 40s. I would in put it in the 40s. 40s. Let's see yeah. if there's a comparison point in the 40s. Have you read Sandy Fetus? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, or do you remember the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon where Hydra-Man and Mary Jane had their whole weird tete-a-tete? Oh, you know what? I've been watching that on Disney Plus. I watched it when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, so I would put it. I would put it right after that. Let's put it in between those two. All right. I, I think that's about a fair spot. I just uh, don't want to uh, <laughs> sell it too short here. It's it's a pretty well constructed story. It's it definitely had to force some things in order to tell the story, but yeah, it has some value there. Pretty at. F- 41 on our list of now 62 entries man of the year all right impressive well thank you for going through that i feel like you've uh, earned your stripes here going through some random spider-man comic you haven't read before and being forced to you know record your opinion that's the uh i th- i think that's the mark right there yes i get a badge for that there you go an ellie badge if you will <laughs> 
thank you everyone for tuning in if you like the show we have a patreon that you can go check out through the amazing spider talk it really helps them out and helps keep our show hosted there are various tiers with various rewards from just helping out to getting colored exclusive art uh go check out the link for more details next will be all the way in next year in the year of 2020 when kane and i will finally talk about spider-man we want to extend a special thanks to the ellie badge for providing our theme song and of course we want to thank shannon once again for coming on and talking through this with us do you want to tell the people or they can find your even better essays Oh, you can find my essays at downtheweblines.com, where we explore the history of Spider-Man and what makes him tick. And I also have a Twitter at downtheweblines, where I tweet daily about Spider-Man and my thoughts. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. And until Kane comes back from the future to try to kidnap a kid and I have to beat him off, make mine untold. Whip slinging all around Manhattan. Tony Stark was happening. Got a new suit and styling. So go and get to snapping. I post it for you, players. Post it for you. Do a flip, then drop a perpetrator. Stop, stop him for you. Got an apartment with my auntie. Oh, two look like Jimmy. Make me an Avenger. Spider Man in that family. Got me if you want me. Tony got me if you want me. Said recruit me if you want me. Took down that man cause you wanted to. All the sneak attacks I don't need no eyes on them It's the spidey sense Ain't got no surprise on me Call me so amazing, so spectacular Do all that a spider can do Web shooters up on my wrist You know I make it go thwip That's how I live that spidey life That spidey life That's how I live that spidey life That spidey life Hits that hurt my ego Vulture, where did he go? Please don't tell my secret Promise me you'll keep it on the low With great power comes great responsibility I promise NYC that I'll never leave Midtown give me guidance Every day working on science Take a look at those heroes And tell me who's the freshest Is it her? Is it her? Is it he? Is it he? Say it's me Say it's me And I'll agree all the sneak attacks I don't need no eyes on them It's the spidey sense Ain't got no surprise on me Call me so amazing, so spectacular Do all that a spider can do Web shooters up on my wrist You know I make it go thwip That's how I live that spidey life That spidey life That's how I live that spidey life That spidey life You say that I'm the new That's how I live that's why life That's why life That's why life